Hello and uh, welcome to another episode of Standing on North Bank podcast. This is a Wales Online production about everything Swansea City. Um, my name is Matt Davis and I'm joined by Ian Mitchell Moore as ever. Uh, plenty to talk about. Um, Mitch, uh, we'll start with Brentford game. Um, they've enjoyed some good games against Brentford so far this season, quite high scoring. This was another one, um, but this one was, a, was a real, almost like a walk in a park, I felt. Yeah, it was a pick of the bunch, uh, three from three against a really good Brentford team this season and I think there was a, an interesting notion after the game, they were talking about how their style seems to suit Swansea, they're not as physical, they're not set-piece led and, and you know that suits Swansea down to the ground. We saw that at Forest where they were undone by two corners, so yeah, they've scored, was it 13 goals against them this season and Tuesday was by far the easiest of the lot, you know, scoring after 32 seconds certainly helps, but um, no, they, it, was, it was such a professional job and they made a really good Brentford team look bang average. Um, that's, that, that's credit to the work that they've done this season really they were I think pretty, well, pretty much from the off they were completely dominant they could have been more than the two goals up at, at half time Brentford kind of came into it in a, the early stages of the second half but there were some really encouraging performances across across the board I mean your ratings were were really quite high weren't they they were I mean a few of them in, in hindsight could have even been higher again you know Nordfeld didn't have a meaningful save to make and Handler's sister is doing Yeah, I was just going to talk about his distribution, but you know, in the end, we're talking about a long ball for Nathan Dyer, and, and that's credit to the players because that's not something that they particularly worked on. But we could see um, after that second goal where Dyer scored, the, the bench went crazy, you know, jumping at Nordfeld, giving him praise. And it was obviously that they reacted to in the game. Brentford had such a high line, and you know, it was instinctive. They've been playing the way out from the back and scoring some lovely goals, but. Sometimes you don't need to do that. So, but yeah, in terms of the chances, you know, Selena hit the crossbar. Um, Connor Roberts hit the post again with that chance from the one where Dan James went and scored. Dan James himself hit the crossbar. You know, it, it could have been six or seven in the end. Do you think they were working on that Northvelt move from the training ground, or was that something that was perhaps um, worked on in game? They might have seen the high line that the bees were playing. Yeah, it's an interesting one. We did ask Graham Potter about that after the game and it seems to be the case that it was more the latter. You know, it was something that they reacted to during the game um, because obviously, you know, that's not his method on the training ground. It's, you know, keep the ball, yeah. play from the back and, and go through the gaps that you make yourself. So, but they spotted, you know, Brentford play such a high line and, you know, they haven't got the most pace at the back either. When you've got someone like Dan James who can, you know, he, he essentially created the on goal, putting... Sorensen and all sorts of problems so yeah when you can see that that's a, a, an issue you've got to be able to spot that and exploit it and, and that's exactly what Nordfeld did um, Point number two I've got written down here um, Nathan Dyer slash Wayne Routledge do they still have something to offer um, over the course of the second half of the season you, you'd have to say well they've done extremely well it's in some ways a little bit still baffling that they weren't used hardly at all in the in the first few months of the season. Um, I mean, Graham Potter spoke about Wayne Routledge in his press conference this afternoon, didn't he? He did, yeah. Um, for those listening, we're speaking ahead of the, the game against Middlesbrough, but it's, um, you know, they've both come in and done a great job. They're the two most experienced players, they're the players that have been at the club the longest at the moment. So um, we, we saw, particularly against Brentford on Tuesday, that was the example of where they're both desperately needed, you know, in terms of the balance and that sort of experienced head that that sometimes is needed when you've got such a young squad. Mm. You know, we've rightly praised, praised all the youngsters this season, but they played a massive part because, coincidentally, it was the game against Brentford where they made the returns, having barely played in the first, was it four or five months? So, 
yeah, they, they've had a massive part to play. And you know, speaking about Routledge today, he's out of contract in the summer. He's thirty-four years of age now, so realistically, where's he going to go after Swansea? And if he does stay, he's probably going to have to take a pay cut. But the you know, from the hint from Graham Potter was that he, he wants to keep him, and there's every chance that that could happen. So um, we'll see more on that front in the coming months when Trevor Birch is up and running. Well, if you think about it as well, they're going to lose. Well, they'll definitely lose Narsing this summer. Huge question marks over Daniel James. Mm-hmm. And personally, yeah. I think that I think he'll leave. Um, so perhaps keeping on on board those two uh, players who have still got something to give would be a, a decent idea. Um, uh, I'd like to talk about Matt Grimes. Matt Grimes playing his third position. I love talking about Matt Grimes. Yeah, you, yeah, you carry me on. Too. Um, that's the third position he's played this season. Uh, second time he's played centre back. I think he's played centre back against um, Man City. City. Yeah, what a time to play them. I mean, be playing against a team like Brentford, um, and I suppose City. You know, they're not the, the sort of teams who are going to lump the ball into the into the box, and he's, he's probably going to have more uh, more of the ball at his feet. And Graham Potter spoke about having a, a left footer in that position as well. He's just such a really intelligent footballer. Isn't he, he is, and he and he's he's played well in those three positions. It's not as if he's been sort of thrust. Well, he has been thrust in there, but he's done a decent, decent job whenever he's been called upon. He has, yeah. I mean, I think it's fair to say that by a country mile, it's clear to see his best position is central midfield. Whether that's yeah. alongside George Byers at the moment, or probably in an ideal scenario, Leroy Fur when he's fit. But, you know, we've seen him play at left-back. You know, there's a few others, Connor Roberts, Kyle Norton have all played there. But the fact that he can slot in at centre-back alongside um, Mike van der Horn as well, it's, that's a testament to how good a player he is because you see when he plays in centre-mid, he's the man who drops deep for the ball. The two centre-backs split and, and he's excellent at that. But, you know, for him to drop deeper and still be able to do the same actions and get them going forward is um, it's it's impressive really so it just shows how important a player he's become because let's you know he's, he's not done much at Swansea before this season you know he's he's, he's had some loan spells away a good one at Northampton although they ended up going down so it was a, a sort of a bittersweet spell for him there but you know, he's, he's become a key player under Potter and one that sort of sums up exactly what this football team is under their current manager you know um I think you can make a case for a, uh, quite a few players for a player of the season, but I think Matt Grimes has, has been mine mainly because of his being of his consistency and the fact that he's been asked to play in in different positions. Um, he's certainly up there. He's he's in the mix. Yeah, yeah. he's been. It'd be a certain case of horses for courses. Playing playing him in that position at at centre back wouldn't work in every game. I mean, playing him at centre back against Nottingham Forest, you know, wouldn't have worked. It would, as well as they were undone by two set pieces yeah. anyway in in quite frustrating um, circumstances because they were almost carbon copy those those goals weren't they they, the they were yeah same you know two corners both from the same side flick on headers to the back post and you know you were just wanted to bang your head on the wall watching that happen you know Mike van der Holm was well, he, I was about to say Mike <laughs> van der Holm pretty much did he, that he, didn't he, he was really frustrated after the game we spoke to him pitch side and yeah, he was he was absolutely gutted. He just couldn't believe that they lost that game, and, and understandably so because they dominated the game. You know, he he spoke about him. I think is it him and Ollie McBurney, the only two six footers in the in that team. You know, Matt Grimes is. You know, if you were going to put him at centre back, you'd certainly call him diminutive, wouldn't mm-hmm. you? So, yeah, as a long term option, it certainly you wouldn't you wouldn't want that to be the case, especially against that type of opposition. You know, Middlesbrough could be the same. Stoke sort of on Tuesday that might be the same again but against Brentford it, you know, it worked the treat 
Will was there any indication about Joe Roden perhaps being back for the weekend or or the or the game against Stoke? I mean, his height would certainly help with his aerial ability. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, there are concerns because he's been out for such a long time, and he is a young lad as well. It's been over two months since he had that injury mm. against Sheffield United now. So, but yeah, Potter said he's making good progress. He's um he's been he's been on the training pitch for a couple of weeks now, and he's he's been playing as well as on top of his running work. So. Yeah, he could well see him at the weekend, but if not, if he doesn't play against Middlesbrough, I, I imagine he'll be involved against Stoke. We're likely to see two quite different opposition in, in Middlesbrough and Stoke compared to, to Brentford. These are going to be mm. quite two physical opponents, especially on Saturday against a, a Tony, Tony Pewis side. Um, right, um, checks notes. Uh, Daniel James, has he outgrown Swansea? And Leeds, that's something that I wrote um, yes. yesterday. I'm not sure if I'm going to be welcome anywhere around Leeds anytime soon. But he was. I don't about the liberty either. Right? <laughs> I thought he, you know, he was absolutely excellent again against Brentford. Every time he plays, he gets um, supporters off onto their feet, off their seats. Um, from a personal point of view, I think we've just got to enjoy him while we can because I think there are going to be. A lot of people queuing up for his signature. I think this this summer pains me to say it, but I, I have to agree because the quality of him, it, you know, he's he's too good for the championship. It's as simple as that. It doesn't matter whether it's Swansea or whoever in and around that mix. So he's such an exciting player, and you know everything that happened in January. He's he's gone from strength to strength to to go and play his first game back against Leeds at Ellen Road. You know, they're all chanting his name and saying he's going to be there next season, and that could well still be the case. But you know he's we saw that, that goal against Brentford but the way he played in that game was incredible and exactly the same against Man City he, he's, he's been in front of these TV audiences the same with Wales, Slovakia so you know the, the cat's been out of the bag for some time mm. now and funnily enough I asked Graham Potter about it last week and he said it was that the, the Brentford game really was the one where you know the, the, the secret was out people sort of realised he, he's worth the hype so he's just got better and better and you just you, you don't give Swansea much hope of keeping him this, this summer the, the only good thing you would say is that they managed to keep him in January because they'd have lost him for a significantly smaller fee than they will do in the summer if he does go and that's going to be we'll come on to it, uh, Trevor Birch in a, in, a, in a while but that'll be one of his main priorities is to get Daniel James tied down to a new deal mm. and then to make sure they get a good yeah. a good fee for him this well, that, summer if, if, that, yeah. if that transpires um, I I think you know he would be if Leeds were to be promoted. I mean, I'm not saying that Leeds would be uh, necessarily a, a bad move for him, but I just think there will be clubs of an even greater stature or with more, perhaps more of a Premier League pedigree. I think you know you put in Mertz, you know they've been linked with um, uh, Leicester, and you know put him under Brendan at Leicester. I think that would be you know. A good, yeah. a good, a good move for him. There's been a consensus of that bracket sort of the best of the rest, of the, the Bournemouths, the Leicesters. You'd have concern if yeah. you say if you went to a Man City or a Tottenham that he'd that he'd yeah. get anywhere near their their match day squads. Yeah, you know, and that's that's not nothing to do with him. That's just no. testimony to the strength of their squad. Exactly. You'd say the same with Liverpool and even to some of the not lesser, but the the ones a little further down the league. So. Yeah, it would be nice. I don't. I don't want to talk about him going because you don't want to see him go. But if if the inevitable does happen, then you know, you want to see him getting regular game time because he he's that good. Yeah, you know, we've seen it with his Wales teammate David Brooks, who's gone from Sheffield United to, to Bournemouth, and he's playing week in week out for them, and he's he's growing 
week by week under Eddie Howe. So if he was going to leave, you want to see him do that and for the benefit of his own career and obviously for Wales as well. So You can, you can like it very much to, to, to David Brooks mm. as well. You think perhaps that the move from Sheffield United to Bournemouth, you know, he's already been linked with £50 million moves to Manchester United and Tottenham. He's almost Bournemouth or that stepping stone in yeah. his career. You know, Daniel James isn't where... David Brooks is at the moment not playing week in week out in the Premier League, but perhaps that is a blueprint. That is the example. Perhaps that he's got to sh- he's got to follow. Perhaps not going to a a giant of a club. Yeah, first, I, first I and foremost. Totally agree. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're both twenty one years of age. They've got years ahead of them. They've you know they've only just made the breakthroughs. More so Dan James because you know he went to Shrewsbury and it didn't work out. He didn't play a single game there. So didn't he only played the one game in the cup for Swansea last season as well. So. You know, it's, it's it's all newer to him, but we've seen the undoubted quality he's got both for Swansea and for Wales. So, yeah, it's it's a nice comparison because you know Brooks is in his first year in the Premier League and he's he's you know he's among the contenders for Young Player of the Season. Of course, got that award for from the FAW at a recent award ceremony. So, yeah, it's it's a very similar comparison. And you know, again, I love to say because you know you can't talk about a player being gone because he's he's still a Swansea player as we record this. But if if he does go, you. you You'd hope that it was somewhere where he's going to be playing regular because you know he's he's talented enough and you want to see him make that progression really. Oh yeah, I think everybody, every Swans fan would obviously want him to stay put and to play another a year or, or two here. But I think most people kind of expect that you know he's almost he's had such a rapid rise. He's saying he wasn't even playing for for um, for Shrewsbury last year, but is now. The first, almost the first name of the team sheet, yeah. is that that player that really gets excitement levels, excitement levels up. You know, I, I don't think there's been a player like that since. I, I mentioned it in the piece that I wrote yesterday about Gilfie and you know Jeff as well. Jeff yeah. when yeah. he was when he was on it, you know, he was a really exciting player and someone that could really raise raise temperatures. But he just he never did it on a consistent basis. He did we're it. seeing Dan James do it every single game now. That, that's that, that's the key for me, and that's what sort of. Shows that he is, as you put it in your yeah your headline, you know, he's he's too good for for Leeds. Never mind the you know the championship and stuff. So yeah, yeah enjoy it while we can. <laughs> yeah, so just gonna get my tissue out and cry. No, yeah, I'm not gonna be going to Leeds on holiday anytime soon. <laughs> um, right, um, next point: Trevor Birch, his first day today. Um, I bet he's got a lot of he probably have a lot of emails in his inbox already. I thought. Yeah, I'd like to see his in-tray when he gets to uh, to Fairwood. But I mean, yeah, as as we record, he was on his way to Swansea, so you know he's going to be having some more conversations with Graham Potter about you know the immediate future, the contracts that are, need to be resolved. You know, Dan James is one of them, Van der Horn another, Leroy Fur, Wayne Routledge. You know, there's a few there. And then of course the, the players that are out on loan. What happens with them? You know, your Boya Bastons, the the Ayu brothers, um, Luciano Narsing. You know, is he? Heading out looks to be the way, and then of course, the small matter of the summer transfer window. Can they bring anyone in to supplement what is already quite a thin squad? So, um, and he's also quite a lot for him to yeah. To get and through. also, he's parachuted into this redundancy situation as well, yeah. Yeah. off off field problems. I mean, this decision to make the redundancies is obviously um, just an awful position to be in. This was decided before he was yeah. appointed, wasn't it? Yeah. So, like you say, they've made the offer for people to take redundancies voluntarily. So, if that's the case, they you know they'll have to assess. They may not have to make any more redundancies. It depends how that works out. So that's obviously something you're going to have to just yeah. play by ear. You know, you're not going to know until that's happened. But 
that's um, you know like we said it was something that was decided before he came in so it's not something that is going to it's not a nice situation for him to walk into but you know he knows the scale of the task at hand when he took the job so yeah there's a lot for him to ponder really they announced that the club announced yesterday their accounts um, saying that they were I think posted a 3.2 million loss for last year um, we'll know a full well, a full sort of picture when the full accounts are, are posted on, on Companies House and which we'll obviously do a, a much more in-depth um, piece on um, but yeah I, I suspect there's going to be more hard medicine this summer there will be and you know you mentioned in that statement that was of course after a, a reduction in in, in um, staff payments was it by 8 million I think it was as well so you know and that's up to the counts were July 2018 I think weren't they so um, yeah that, that phrase hard medicine the one that makes people want to smash the laptops or whatever is nearby because you know it's, it's all we've heard from um, Messias, Levine and Kaplan following the relegation so but again you just got to come back to that point that it's, it's testament to the job Graham Potter's done in terms of you know they've lost lots of key players and and he, you know, interestingly today said that he feels they're in a stronger position now than they were during January, even though they didn't bring any players in. So, mm. you know, players like George Byers have, have come in and stepped up. You know, Jay Fulton's been in and out. And on top of that, all the other ones that have come from the academy already earlier on in the season. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's going to be another tough summer. Make no bones about that. But with someone like Potter in charge, you, you know, you, you do feel a little bit more confident, don't you? And also, you know, they lost three players in... Uh, in January in Montero, Boney and Carroll who haven't really made much of an impact elsewhere in fact Tom Carroll is now back at Fairwoods yeah he's, he's heading back I think it's next week he actually gets back he needs hip surgery obviously he had that problem with, with Swans and he missed about yeah. three months he's only played twice for Villa um, and you know the, the two clubs along with Tom himself and his, his medical you know, all the medical staff involved they've made the decision just to cut season short have the surgery and, and hopefully he's you know, with a good preseason behind him, he can be ready to start again in August with with Swansea if he's you know if he's still a part of the plans in the future. A frustrating couple of years for uh, for Tom Carroll. Um, Middlesbrough this weekend. Mm. Um, I've got here about talk about Connor Connor Roberts. Um, yes, had uh, a spell at the Riverside under Gary Monk, he which did. was slightly more successful than Daniel James at. Shrewsbury, but it, games, yeah, not but, it, many. What, but it but it still wasn't great, was it? And no, now, it was, you know, looking yeah. now, know. it was unfortunate for him because he went there at a time where I think they'd spent something in the region of fifty million pounds. So, you know, they've got ambitions of going straight back up to the Premier League at that time. Obviously, that's not happened, and there's every chance that it might not happen this season because they've had a, a collapse. They've only won, or they, they've lost the last five in a bounce, five, not, yeah. not one in six. So. Yeah, they've dropped out of the top six, even though they're still in with a good shout. But yeah, on on Roberts, I think he only played four games there, and you know they were you know bit part as well. I think three of those were in the cups. So he had Cyrus Christie and a few others ahead of him. Yeah. So you know, he, by all accounts, it's not anything that he did wrong. It was just there were other more experienced heads in front of him, and, and in the end, they just thought you know the decision was best to to send him back to Swansea, and you know he had to be patient here, as has Dan James and several others. You know, Matt Grimes, another one who had a some you know, loan spells away but look at him now you know, he's, a, he's first choice right back he can play in a number of positions first choice right back for Wales has scored his first goal for, for them as well last year against Ireland so um, yeah it's not been bad since he's come back 
and they got Alan Curtis to thank for that because he was the one who who championed his cause when um, I think Rang was Rangel Rangel was injured and Carl also was suspended or the other way around I, I, I can't quite remember and Kurt sort of said to Carlos Carvajal look this is this is the kid you want to be yeah, looking at yeah, yet another example of the fantastic work that Kurt's done at this club so um, you know there, there was a big clamour for him to come into the team in the season they were relegated you know more often and even under Paul Clement as well when they had that you know up until the last five games they were looking doomed and I think they won was it four of the last five in the 16-17 season they had that draw at um, United as well um, so there was a clamour for him to play a bit then as well but you know he's he's come in now and he's proven his worth he, he played a, a little bit under Carvajal last season and, and didn't look out of place in the Premier League you know in granted what was a poor team struggling at the bottom yeah. fighting for survival they weren't exactly playing nice football so yeah it's testimony to his, his work ethic and you know Graham Potter's described him as a machine which you can't disagree with because He's played something like 47 games for Swansea and Wales this season and still got eight more to go. He's going to play the two Wales games in June as well. So he's, um, yeah, dearest Albert, he's not got much on him really. I mean, he started the season brilliantly. He's, he had a little bit of a, a dip, but I think that's only natural for for, for a young player who's played that much. Um, but yeah, he's, he's he's another one who's got an extremely, extremely bright future. Um, right, I think that's about it. Um Middlesbrough this weekend um, be a tough game I'm sure of it you know Pulis under a lot of pressure I wouldn't be you know he's under a lot more pressure than he was about a month ago anyway so well there's been rumours about Woodgate isn't there coming in to replace yeah that would be interesting him. that would be very interesting but yeah it's you know two tricky home games with Middlesbrough and Stoke but Swansea's home form has been excellent yeah. not lost in the league since Boxing Day the only team to beat them in 2019 is Man City at the Liberty Stadium so you have to fancy them especially after the, the showing against Brentford the other night and, mm. and even the performances before the international break and you know at Forest as well so yeah you have to feel confident that they can do the business and it's just a shame there's not much more else <laughs> to play for really Great okay well hopefully we'll be talking about um, two wins next week uh, just a reminder you can get all your Swansea City news on Swansea City um Facebook, well, what's the Facebook image? Swansea, Swansea City, City Wales Online. Swansea City Wales Online. And Swansea and City Live is your Twitter. And Twitter, there we are. Yeah, they've my glamorous assistant there filling in. And um, yeah, we'll be back next week. Cheers, all. Cheers. Yeah.